You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. This weekend's UFC 261 is sure to be a can't-miss event. Every punch, kick, and knockout means so much more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of UFC, is giving you a shot at huge cash prizes. For this weekend's fight, DraftKings is offering all players a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. If you haven't tried it yet, Fantasy MMA is easy to play. Just pick six fighters, stay under the salary cap, and pile up points for advances, takedowns, and more. There's no better way to put your MMA knowledge to the test than to compete for a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Plus, don't forget about basketball and hockey, where DraftKings has even more money up for grabs throughout the week. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes throughout the week. That's promo code THPN to get a shot at millions of dollars in total prizes. Only at DraftKings. Bar Down Breakdown is back, and I am back. I know you guys missed me on the intro and outro last week, you know, so I'm back now. You know, Mikey upped my rate. You know, we had uh, some contract disputes, but, you know, we're, we're good. We're back in it. Uh, I know you're excited to have me back, Mikey. I know it's, it's really difficult to not have me to bounce off of, right? I think I'm just going to keep uh, <laughs> changing it up with, like a different out of time member every week. Yeah. They have so many, they have so many members does out of time. (laughs) And um, by the way, um, before we get into our, our scenes from the box, we got to talk about that, uh, that, that Swifty cover, man, that out of time just dropped, man. How good is that? It's so freaking good. It's I know so freaking good. Mm -hmm. And And I've listened to it like six times. Yeah, I really have. Yeah. And I'm not like a Taylor Swift fan, but, it sounds like it could be a legit pop punk song. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it does it. And I think that's that's something about uh about them. I mean, you know, their 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 own music is fantastic, but all the covers they've done with the cool spins they've put on it. I, I love it, man. They're they're a bunch of really talented dudes and uh um you know, we're we're really really lucky to have kind of gotten linked up with them because uh you know, they're a lot of fun and there could be some fun stuff on the horizon uh for us here at Bar Down Breakdown that I'm not going to spoil, but keep your eyes peeled. <laughs> uh having said that, um, you know, we're not an Islanders podcast, but uh, uh, we got to talk about the, 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 the division because it's really coming down to the wire <clears throat> it, and it's kind of crazy. I mean, as of, as of this recording right now, I think the Islanders are like in third place by a hair, uh, but you know, between the caps, the Bruins, the Penguins, and even the Rangers lurking, man, it's going to be a a real close division. And it's kind of scary to think that like if the Rangers keep on the tear that they they are, but you know, all the other teams in the division kind of keep playing the way they're playing. The Rangers could potentially miss the playoffs and be like points wise better than a lot of the other teams that'll end up making the playoffs in the other division. Like, I, I think I was looking at maybe it was either the central or the, like the Canadian division, but like one of them, like the fourth seed is like, seven or eight points below where the Rangers sit right now. So it's kind of crazy to think that, you know, that's kind of the way it is, but you know, the Islanders kind of are scaring me a little bit, you know, they it, kind of on the trajectory they were on last year where they ended up picking, picking up, you know, Pajot and like sort of slid a little bit, um, you know, kind of seems like a little bit of the same, uh, you know, granted the last game we saw was kind of uh, an anomaly because the Islanders played great. They just didn't really get a lot of offense in, but <clears throat> what's your take on, on everything that's going on? Is it just growing pains? Are they still trying to figure out how uh, the two new guys fit into the system? What, you know, what are we thinking? Honestly, that game that we lost in the shootout against the Capitals, that mm-hmm. felt like a playoff game. And yeah, we lost in the shootout, but the Islanders actually played extremely well. And they actually did have, you know, a lot of offensive pressure throughout the game the Capitals goalie just stood on his head mm-hmm. and, and Varley stood, stood mm-hmm. on his head too. Like, yeah, yeah. It was a playoff feeling game. And I really think that these last 10, 11 games or whatever it may be. Yeah. Are going to feel like that. And yeah, like you mentioned, the Rangers might, you know, just come up a little bit short, but yet have more points than some other teams that are in, in the playoffs from other yeah. divisions. but. We knew that going in, like this Eastern division, whatever you want to call it, the Mass Mutual East or whatever, is is tough, man. Yeah, it really is. And honestly, even the four teams that make it, like it, it could be just a shuffle. Yeah, you're until that right. la- until that very last game of who's going to be first, second, third, and fourth. So it's going to be uh, exciting and and. That's why uh, you're a hockey fan. This is the, the best time of year. Yep. So it's going to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. These, these, you know, these last couple of weeks, you know, leading up through the, you know, the, the last 10 games of the season, it's going to be wild to kind of see how everything pans out. Uh, but really is super exciting to, um, <clears throat> you know, to be in contention, you know, as we've been the past couple of years, uh, which is a great thing. So, Godspeed to all you Islander fans out there. And if you're not an Islander fan, um, you know, Godspeed to your teams at the top of the division. I mean, 
the the Knights and the Avalanche, man, are 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 looking looking pretty tough to beat. Um, you know, obviously the Avalanche went on their run and kind of went on a little bit of a skid, but I think the last I checked, the Knights were eight straight or something. I mean, like they're just they're just wrecking it out there. So it's going to be uh, an interesting thing. And I think what's also going to make these playoffs really interesting too, is the fact that the way the seating, uh, no, I shouldn't say the seating, the way the divisions worked out, um, you know, we've been playing the same six or seven teams and we're going to see, you know, these teams in the playoffs, once the seating kind of works out that like we haven't seen all season. So I think that's going to be a really interesting thing. And I think that's, one of the things about the hockey playoffs that even in normal times, you know, an eight seed can just go on a hot run and start taking out all the top seeds and stuff. And I think there's um, no better time for that than this year, because I mean, you know, if you end up, let say the Islanders end up, I don't think that's what's going on. I don't think they're reseeding right away. No, but what I mean to say is like, eventually we're, you know, we're going to be playing teams that we haven't oh, okay, seen. Okay. Okay. That's what okay, I mean to say. That. Okay. Yeah. So I'm, I'm sure probably going into the playoffs, it's, you know, the divisions are probably going to be one, four, two, three, right. You know, top seed will play four, two will play three. And then probably after that, it's probably the top two in the division. And then we'll get to the quote unquote conference finals, which will be, you know, whoever comes out of the East plane, whoever comes out of, you know, the other division. But what I mean to say is, you know, the Islanders could see a, you know, a, a Panthers team, you know, yeah. uh, that, that have been smoking hot and a Hurricanes team that have been great. And it's kind of like you haven't seen them all year. You haven't played them. So, like, what is it going to be like? You know, how is it going to going to come across? Is it just going to be like, OK, well, you know, the Islanders are playing the Canes and, you know, the Islanders just, you know, beat the crap out of them in four or the other way around. So I'm kind of looking forward to seeing how that's going to play out. Um, I think it's going to be super cool. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the that like conference final or whatever you want to call it, those teams are going to be playing their the, like each other for the first time and Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. So, yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be kind of interesting to see, you know, how they are preparing for that because I'm sure like in the back of their minds there are a lot of teams that are, you know, watching tape and stuff from some of the front runners in in the other divisions to try to prepare for them, but you know, when your focus is, you know, getting your you know, the best seed that you can and, and winning against the teams that you know, you're going to play. I mean, I'm sure the focus is still directed very pointedly at the rest of the division. So going to be cool to see, but you know, last 10 games of the season. It's always some of the, some of the most fun to watch. So we uh, hope you have your eyes glued on it just as we do. Um, but I guess enough this of that. Was a, a double yeah. major. <laughs> yeah. This was a double major this time, but that's okay. Sometimes, you know, Sometimes you, you got a double major, but uh, we are super excited uh, to bring an interview with you from our homie Ty in Sinkin. Um, we talk a lot about how much Ty loves the Hershey Bears, and uh, we talk about um, how the Hershey Bears are really the premier AHL organization. And um, Ty told us a bunch of great stories. Uh, so really, really excited for you guys to, to go listen to the, to the interview sinking is dope. Uh, they've got some awesome plans coming up for the year. So, uh, you know, we hope you, uh, give a chance, listen to them. I know, uh, cool thing about it is, you know, sinking, they've got that, like, you know, pop punk thing going for them, but you know, they've got a lot of pop elements and some soul elements in there. So, uh, really, really cool. Listen. So if you're into, um, you know, 
checking out something a little bit different that strays from the norm, but still kind of has that, you know, the roots in, in the kind of music that, you know, Mikey and I love, I think you're going to really love them. So uh, enjoy the interview with Ty from Sink In. We'll see you on the other side. Another drunken nightmare all alone. Sick of the routine, maybe I can finally get some sleep, but no. Pick up the Hey, hi everybody. Hey, this is Bar Down Breakdown. Uh, this is like episode one million or something. I don't know. Uh, we have with us super cool. We've got our homeboy Ty from Sinkin, the loving all that stuff from Hershey, Pennsylvania, rocking the Hershey Bears. Love it, man. Ty, what's going on, man? How are you this evening? What's going on, boss? How you doing? Dude, loving that, man. Um, so it's, it's funny. The, I was, uh, I, I was in like a, like a sort of like a, an alternative kind of, I don't know, screamo we band for like a hot second. We did like a weekend tour and um, we came through like Lancaster and like the Hershey area. And uh, we were trying really hard to get to a bears game because like the bears have just been like one of the premier teams uh, you know, in the AHL for like ever, you know, so uh, we were all trying to do it. We couldn't do it. It was such a bummer, but um, I love the Hershey area, man. It, it, it's, it's great stuff, but enough about my experiences. Cause who cares about what I think? Let's talk about you. Let's talk about sinking. <laughs> so um, first and foremost, uh, you know, I would love to kind of hear about the Genesis of sinking, how you guys, you know, got your start um, and uh, you know, how, how it's evolved into, uh, you know, kind of where you guys are now. So just give me a little bit of insight, man, please. Yeah. Well, first off, I always have to rep the Hershey stuff. I'm no longer in Hershey. I'm in Los Angeles. So, uh, I, I appreciate there's still, there's a, there's a few people whenever I come go to any like hockey related event that still know what this Jersey means. And it's fun. It's funny because you, you get the, the kind of like, Hey man, I get that. That <laughs> that is a real deep cut, and I appreciate that. There's like a real deep yeah, hockey man. appreciation for any any relevancy when it comes to, to Hershey. So I, I like I like still having that. Yeah, um, yeah man. But yeah, uh, so Sinkin, uh, the majority of uh, of Sinkin started in Central Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, good old good old Lancaster and Harrisburg scene. Yep. Growing up to going to shows at the at, at the Champ. Uh, chameleon club rest yep. in peace of both of those venues over the past yeah. year man yeah but um it uh at, at i'm 26 so when i was in high school and middle school it was right at the the turn of the the metal core scene in lancaster yeah august burns red had just blown up texas sure. in july this is yep. the apocalypse yep. legendary bands for that style i mean they that really that style was created in the lancaster area mm-hmm. so we were 
super lucky, super lucky to grow up. And like, I, I didn't, I, I don't take it for granted now, but I had no idea how thankful I should have been in those moments that like, I was, I was seeing August Burns Red play in Mac Reiner's farm, like <laughs> barnyard, yeah. you know, like, that's, awesome, man. that's, I mean, I, comeback kid playing in really like somebody's kitchen on like a Monday night, you know, like it was, I had no idea how special we had it back then. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, it's a, uh, sinking kind of stemmed from that, uh, a bunch of kids who, uh, really wanted wanted to try something outside of the metalcore realm Mm -hmm. and everybody in central Pennsylvania (laughs) hated it. So we had to start playing markets outside of central Pennsylvania real fast. (laughs) That's how sinking got started. (laughs) So what scene did you kind of gravitate towards? Because you guys are like kind of, you know, genre mixing where you have some like pop elements and like electronic, but then you also have some like pop punk influence that Mm -hmm. you can hear in there. Like, I'm even hearing the audition. Do you remember the audition? They were a victory records band oh, from like I, way I, back. I, I do. I yeah. Do. So like I was getting, I'm getting I, all those vibes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He does. So like what scene did you gravitate towards? Like, were you in like that Philly pop punk scene or did you have to like go to like the Jersey scene? Like where, where did you guys find your home then? We never really did. And that was a real <laughs> problem getting yeah. started. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but I mean that sincerely. Like we just kind of, uh, we, I think we play, right when we started, our style, you're, you're mentioning bands that had already achieved success. And the problem is, I don't, I don't think there was really any bands getting started, any like DIY bands off the ground mm-hmm. that were doing what we were doing. Uh, like it was, it was either like, it was either us or wildly successful bands. Mm-hmm. So there was nobody with nobody for us to kind of grow with. Yeah. And we had to learn and adapt from that. Uh, mm-hmm. and that was a major problem. Another thing too, is, um, honestly, we realized, uh, a lot of the UK bands still do, um, kind of have this belief that like, Right now, the UK scene is always five years ahead of the American scene, and the Americans don't know it until it, it's happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're looking at that with, right now with like Don Broco. Yeah. Uh, you're looking at that with, um, I mean, Enter Shikari is never going to be the arena band here yeah. that they are in mm-hmm. the UK. But like, still, like that new record is still really kind of <laughs> starting to push in the States. Mm-hmm. Lower than Atlantis for a minute I was starting to come across the state. Atlantis. We, we, Love yeah, that. we uh, that was that was our lane. Yeah. So it was this whole thing of like, man, like we're gonna we're gonna kind of develop our own version of what the UK is doing right now because sure. I think that they're really ahead of our mm-hmm. of, of where of where we are in our scenes in the states, and like we're gonna show that. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, that made it hard off the bat because we didn't know who to play with. Like you yeah. know, we were pretty seasoned when it came to like DIY touring. Mm-hmm. Um, so we could book shows right off the bat and kind of just go play local regional markets, but. Like it was a real difficult conversation to figure out like, well, who do we try and stack bills with? Do we yeah. like, do we go the metalcore route where we're the pop band or do we go the full pop route where we're like the punky band or do we do the pop punk shows? But then the pop punk shows are like, so that 
I mean, it, like it's kind of hard to get local pop punk kids to listen to anything but pop punk. At yeah, the t- like it's right, so what yeah. do you do? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was a, that was a really hard business yeah. decision at the time. I still think it's hard. I mean, I think we make that decision every single day with how we operate the band and the business. And maybe we're sure. not getting it right, but we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it, you know, it's it's one of those things where we've talked about it so often how there are so many bands that have kind of started in one sphere and ended up developing into a different sphere sphere. And like, you know, one of the the albums that I think really showcases that if you're a fan, um, uh, the band citizen. So, I mean, you know, as they started, you know, when you look at youth as a record, that record is just like a very, just gritty kind of pop punk record. And now, you know, over six, seven years, four albums, they've evolved into essentially like, uh, like a more alternative, like almost like nineties, some elements of like, you know, power pop and electronica. And like, so I, I think there's something to be said about bands that can develop, but I think that now uh, versus even five years ago, I think that because so many bands are are doing this, so many bands are evolving. I think that the the listener is able to like allow more, straying from the norm than, than maybe in, in, in years past, you know, I, I mean, when you look at it, just, you know, how a band like turnover changed, how a band like hundredth changed, I mean, you know, how oh, a band man. like, yeah. you know, so, but like citizen balance and composure, all these bands, uh, even a band like grayscale, you know, I mean, like grayscale is one of those bands that, you know, from where they, where they were to Nella Vita, I mean, you know, they've completely kind of opened themselves up. So I think that probably now in 2021, outside of the pandemic because it's a fucking pandemic but um i think that like, <laughs> like the wheelhouse that you guys are in is probably the most accessible to fans now than it's been because a lot of people are are for it a lot of people are for genre bending and a lot of people are for not conforming to a specific oh we're a pop punk band or we're a, you know we're this we're that so it's really super cool to hear you guys kind of swirling all that in and i hope that you guys are on the right path i mean to me what i'm listening to it seems like you are so uh but you know that's where we are though we're 2021 so having said that uh where we are today and you know now that people are getting vaccinated and we're on the way towards maybe being able to open up you're starting to see tour dates and stuff start to materialize again um what are your plans for sinking ideally you know, under the assumption that we don't have another crisis, um, right. you know, what, what, what are your plans for the band? Where do you want it to go? So, uh, right now we've kind of just closed up shop and we've been working on the back end of just making, making a record. Sure. Um, okay. we, we, our, our plan had to change so drastically. I mean, obviously, I thought of these when it came to the pandemic, but yeah, of course, we were dead set on our trajectory is our summer schedule of 2020. Mm-hmm. We had been put on some of the biggest festivals we had ever been put on, wow. had, like a bunch that we had not been not announced. Mm-hmm. That like it was our whole thing was like, hey, this is this is going to open us up to more people than we've ever played in front of sure. in our entire lives, mm-hmm. and we've kind of always prided ourselves as being a live band, and like yeah. we're gonna we're gonna punch them in the face with a live show and then back that mm-hmm. up with a with a record, Love and it. all of that mm-hmm. fell through, and we weren't prepared. Yeah, we really weren't. You know, is because you gotta keep in mind too. We're dealing with we're we're now. I'm in Los Angeles 
Cobretti is in Pennsylvania. Josh mm-hmm. is in Southern Illinois. Wow. So we have logistical things that come into play when it comes oh, yeah. to, you know, making a record in the middle of the pandemic, like mm-hmm. zoom writing sessions were a thing <laughs> for a very long time. I believe it. Um, right. Uh, but, uh, so we just kind of had to like completely change our tra- trajectory here. And we've been, you know, we put out just like a quick little single that was just like a, like really just self DIY recorded, mm-hmm. just like a little flavor thing in the middle. But, you know, we've been, we've been working on these songs now in the studio. I mean, songs written over this past, you know, the 14 months now. Sure. And I will say a cool thing uh, that I think has happened for a lot of bands like us is we've never had this much time to work on music. Like, the the by the time by the time our first single is going to come out i'm going to absolutely hate it because i wrote it two <laughs> years ago i yeah, hate sure, it i understand that. but like getting to the point that you hate it <laughs> means that you've like toiled over it enough that it's that like i've never had that much time to perfect something mm-hmm. and i feel like that can eventually be a curse but i think for a band like us right now it's uh, it's exciting for us like mm-hmm. i have I have four different versions of songs right now where if you listen, listen to version one that we thought was a finalized song and then you listen to version two, you would have no idea it's the same song. Of course, and yeah. it's really cool that we're able to do that right now and I hope that that yeah. pays off. I, I think, and I think that's, a, that's something that a lot of listeners uh, you know, hopefully don't take for granted is the fact that you know, with all of this extra time, which is, you know, it, it's a bummer, but at the same time, you know, you are now looking back at, at this music that you're just retooling and retooling to make it the best that it could be, where, you know, if, if these were normal times and you had a grueling touring schedule, you know, you'd maybe only have, you know, okay, I've got six weeks at home that I could, you know, write this music and you write it to the best of your ability. And now you're out in a van for three to four months. So there's, there is some silver lining in all of this. But um, so, of course, it, you know, it's such a bummer to hear that you guys kind of had to put all of the um, the upward trajectory on hold. But um, so as far as, you know, the festivals and all that, uh, you know, should are any of them rematerializing and will you guys have those opportunities again? Um, so there's a. I don't really know how this is going to work. <laughs> there's, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff. The the email nowadays is filled with, hey, this is the date that we're going to play. Yep. But you can't announce it yet. And we're also not going to give you the contract until you can announce it. And mm-hmm. then if you can't announce it, we might not have the budget to give you the contract. So maybe you're not even playing. <laughs> like that's Jesus. the that's verbatim what every single email is right now in my inbox. It's nuts. That's awful. <laughs> but, that's uh, but I mean it's cool. Like it, look, it's I I'm excited for it because it's better than nothing. Like it's, it's definitely on, it's on, on its way up. Mm-hmm. But um, interesting one that I, that I saw, which I'm not, I'm not giving away sources here, but uh, there was, there was an email uh, going around that said, I don't know when you guys are going to put this out, but there's a big UFC fight coming up. Okay. Uh, I, think, I think it's like the 25th or the 26th. Mm-hmm. That yep. is um, back in front of a regular audience. Yeah. I mean, if it's not full capacity, it's like almost full capacity. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of larger entertainment promoters have their eyes on that. Mm-hmm. Um, and in reality, it's not for whether or not cases go up or down the area. It's really for seeing what the public eye is going to view it. Of as. course. Yeah. The scrutiny um, of it. Yeah. Right. So that, you know, they were essentially saying like, Hey, 
whether you want to believe it or not, like the future of music in this summer depends on whether or not this UFC fight is a success. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, it's really it's, weird. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy to think about, but you know, so I'm a I'm a big professional wrestling fan, and they just did uh, two nights of WrestleMania uh, in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa Bay. Uh, it wasn't at full capacity, but it was twenty five thousand people, mm-hmm. and um, and I mean, it seemed to have gone off without a hitch. Um, I I don't know, you know, as far as reporting numbers for if it was like a super spreader event or anything, but I know they were carefully trying to keep distance between people and trying to, uh, you know, administer health checks and all that kind of stuff. So, um, you know, you, you hope that, you know, everything hinging on this one particular event, uh, ends up going well, but I, this is kind of the, the narrative that we're in now, you know, right. it's, it's where, you know, everybody wants to get back to playing. Everybody wants to be, you know, in a space where they can, you know, start to like grow their fan base and make money again. But it's like, we have to do it safely and, you know, it has to be okay in the scrutiny of the public eye because so many people are just like, you know, have this like kind of like anger and like vitriol against trying to get back to normal. Yeah. Even with all everything. Yeah, it is. is. I agree. Yeah. Fair. I mm-hmm. mean, I will say I, so I went to, I was along with that whole party of seen people who took over NASCAR for a weekend at Vegas. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you saw that, but it was the, yeah. uh, the avoids, avoids legendary national anthem. And then little Aaron was there and he ended up sponsoring a car. Uh, like it was just a weekend of just everybody in the music scene from LA just came and was a part of that, of that race. Uh, because mm-hmm. Nate is now working for Joe Graff. Um, (laughs) but, uh, which is crazy. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's insane. But so that was, I think it was 10,000 people. Now, granted, that's a NASCAR, uh, grandstand, which then Mm -hmm. holds a hundred thousand people. That's not, it's just, you know, it it looks like a couple of ants on a full yard. Like it's not, it's not the same, but yeah, it was probably the most encouraging thing when it came to the entire conversation of like returning to shows because it was run so well. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I felt now I, I was already vaccinated at that point, but like, I kind of went like, okay, I'm going to treat this as if like I wasn't like, would I be skeptical of this? Mm-hmm. And they ran it so well. It felt safe the entire time. So many extra precautions were done at a NASCAR race, which like, let's be honest, like I feel like people <laughs> would think that NASCAR would, would be like the least concerned when it comes to, you know, the public eye of how, mm-hmm. they, how, how yeah. COVID is being treated, but they were they, like, it, yeah. I, I felt not there was never a moment that weekend where I felt like I'm putting myself in a weird situation, which was cool. It was very exciting. No. And and that's awesome. And, and, you know, like I said, the whole, you know, the whole idea behind this is just making sure that people can get back to being able to enjoy music, being able to enjoy events, you know, and, and do it safely. So, you know, as long as, as things are, are run operationally well, and as long as, you know, the proper, health ordinances are in place. I, I think that this is something that the world can get back to. Um, but the other thing I, I really do love is, uh, you know, you see a lot of bands, you know, musicians specifically that have been doing these, um, you know, kind of online performances and stuff. So it still gives people the opportunity who may not feel comfortable getting back into these areas, the opportunity to still experience something special from some of the bands they love. So, um, do you guys have any anything on the horizon in that vein where maybe you're you know doing like uh like virtual performances or or anything like that um 
we we don't just because of the timing of mm-hmm. like this is this thing where like we've spent so much time working on this new music that we're about to roll out and it's been a minute since we've put out a, a new songs like sure. it's not i mean man, you know we're a small enough band that like man if if you're a fan of sinking you've already seen us play all these songs now live like three times <laughs> sure like, there's nothing and we're not old enough yet to do like the, the you know i paid for the starting lines like back to back to back uh you know yeah live performance streams yeah sure, sure. there's yeah 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 but i mean that's because it's 15 years old now like mm-hmm. nobody's going like man it's been a year it's been like three years since that sink in song came out i need to <laughs> feel the nostalgia so, like it yeah. doesn't necessarily work for us right now but mm-hmm. we're just again we're just putting all of our effort into this really crazy rollout for for an cool. album and, and a bunch of singles and yeah. it's just the most expansive like it's the most expansive thing i've ever done when it comes to prepping promotion for for music and like i I, we're like you know what that's we're sticking to it that's what we're doing not changing my mind there can't be another ounce of focus anywhere else other than that (laughs) you know (laughs) so hell yeah man so let's hear a little bit about that so you know without obviously you know giving us the whole story because i'm sure your your rollout is very carefully planned but uh so are are you doing a series of singles leading up to a record or are you just going to release uh, you know, singles, you know, kind of part and parcel. How how are you going to roll this this new music out? We are going to do all of the above. Okay, cool. So the idea would be like we're gonna we're going to we want to. This is going to be difficult to try and explain without giving it away. <laughs> it's uh, okay. We're trying to create this this kind of this like this world and this entire plot line. Okay. Uh, associated with all of our upcoming music, right? Kind of, kind of like a concept album, but okay. it's all the concept is within leading up to an album. So, like, we're gonna have a bunch of singles, and then suddenly it'll just be an EP, and then back to a bunch of singles, and then it all kind of culminates in this whole story that leads to a record that might not be out for a long time. Okay. Um, but that's you know, I've never, I've never, I haven't seen somebody successfully kind of create this this uh, linear plot line with with their music through mm-hmm. like singles and small ep releases it's yeah. always in these like big budget final albums and yeah. um i uh i love i mean i just grew up on so much hip-hop that was just built on like plot line within albums yeah all, this, of course. all the skits all the transitional pieces mm-hmm. like that means a lot to me i think that's, that's i actually think that's something really special now when, mm-hmm. in, in the days when nobody actually listens to a full <laughs> album like i think that that's something that keeps people engaged in actually finishing an album nowadays yeah we um, we uh we just had that conversation with uh with a guest uh, a couple of weeks ago about the difference between uh you know artists in this sphere you know uh you know pop punk punk and alternative artists you know from you know releasing full records that tell a story from track one to track ten against releasing singles and you know for me I, i've always kind of had a you know, up until this conversation that we had a couple of weeks ago, I was always very fine tuned and very much erring towards the side of, well, I like records. You know, I like buying a vinyl, putting it on the turntable and listening it, you know, to track one to track 12. And I was always like, I never understood, you know, singles. But then it kind of just dawned on me that um, a lot of it has to do with attention span, right? So, I mean, like, you know, the younger generation's attention span, and I mean, it's, you know, like like TikTok is is a huge proponent of that because you know you've got these little snippets of 30 45 seconds and you go through them you know at lightning speed so it's almost like you know if you want to 
release singles so that people can just like eat these singles up, you know, a month at a time or, you know, every, every six weeks. And then finally, when it culminates into an album, they can listen to it the way you intended it in terms of a storyline, but be like, oh yeah, you know, track three, man, that, you know, I remember when that came out in June, that was a banger. Hell yeah. And oh shit, this is where track six is. Oh, this is awesome. I love the transition between six and seven, you know? So it's, I, I feel like having that notion and knowledge I kind of love the idea now of, you know, bands, especially, you know, newer and younger bands putting out singles because you can really just like listen to it ad nauseum over and over again and really start to love it. And it just kind of piques your, your, like your, your desire to hear what comes next. So I think that's super cool. So I'm kind of looking forward to that with you guys. I think that'll be dope. Yeah. Like we, we haven't, we're not answering the question of does the album still matter or is it only singles? Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're answering the, or we're solving the problem of how can you bring the creativity back into singles that you have Absolutely. in albums. Sure. Uh, yeah, for I sure. Think, I think that's the actual question that needs, yeah. that needs to answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we're trying to do that. So cool. All right, cool. So I guess, um, tell me like, like shopping this out, to, to labels right because are, are you guys currently on a label right now we're not so uh we've we've been we've been talking with with several and uh those conversations get really strange in the middle of a pandemic because mm-hmm. everybody's kind of like every conversation ends with like that's awesome so uh we don't know what we're gonna do with our own business but uh yeah. <laughs> we do, we'll let you know yeah and then maybe we can work something out yeah like, I literally, I mean, we had that with like a booking agent. He was like, yeah, like, I'd like to get started with you guys right now. I'm like, okay, well, what does that mean? It's, <laughs> it's June of 2020. Like, mm-hmm. that's like, great. Okay. Talk in a year and a half. Is that, is that, is that the game plan? Yeah. Cause that's what we might have to do. It's insane. Uh, yeah. So I think that's kind of what we're doing like on the back end when it comes to the business side of things is I think we're trying to build this world, uh, of all these plot lines and themes with these songs and, and, and like small EPs and singles that sure. like the entire time is like, Hey, you're, we're showing you what we're building mm-hmm. and you know, like you have in hand what the final result would be. Cause you're yep. seeing it through every, all the, all these content pieces that we're putting yeah. together. But like, we almost kind of want it from an angle of like, even the fans know that this album's going to coming. Like they're going to know the title. Yeah. And like, we like, like I, I in my mind, I see them, being more influential than us when it comes to working out the right record deal. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'd love to go into a, to a meeting again and say like, well, Hey, so here's the deal. Here's an entire Twitter feed of everybody who's asking for this record by name. Yeah. We're going to make it happen. I think that that love holds it. way yeah. more weight than me just saying like, yeah, man, my band's sick. We're going to make you a lot of money. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now is like, we want to create content that, that the people who care uh, will go with us and do the the legwork with us but like at this point though it sounds like you've got you guys have done like the legwork so uh, why, <laughs> yeah so like if why I, then if give i legwork this... if i legwork do you mean like investing my life savings <laughs> yeah. yeah well that's yeah. what i mean like <laughs> then why hand this over like um, you have this finished product you can like successfully do it on your own like why give it to a label then I might have an old school opinion here, uh, but I, I think in order for us to do what we truly want to do, we, uh, we need a little bit of backbone in order to get there. Um, even if that's not through a label, like that might be with a specific agency or manager, um, like 
we know what we know how to create what will be successful for us. And we've been working on that. We've been taking the time to do sure. that, right? And like I always like I'm I'm treating it as like, hey, built what is going to be successful. Let's work together and put us in front of the right people to make the to take this to the moon. Mm-hmm. Um and, and and go from there. I, I it is so hard right now for bands who aren't signed or aren't aren't on the 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 agencies that matter to get on the right tours. What what, what you know? So be it. It is really hard to stand out from that ocean without having an absorbent amount of advertising money or having somebody who went wildly successful on their own on social media. Uh, of which we don't have either. Uh, you know, I pay rent in Los Angeles, California. The other two uh, have mortgages. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's just the reality of it. Like, yeah, I, of course, you know, there, there's bands that we're not, not in competition to, but like people that we get compared to all the time in terms of like where we're at in our career. Yeah. Like, I know their budgets. We're a three mm-hmm. piece. Like, yeah. we can't compete with that. I'm not going to try and compete with that. Uh, I don't mind and inevitably I don't mind if somebody takes a portion of the pie, if it means that my music gets to reach out to more people, because I don't care about that portion of the pie. I care about what I'm creating, impacting people on an everyday basis. If it means that a new, the new ear gets to hear what we're working on every single day, but I get a little bit less of that pie. That's what I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, yes, right now it's, it's, there, there's a, there's a whole ocean that you can jump into when it comes to in releasing independent music. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're going to do right now. Um, but like, I'm not, I'm never going to be the person that's like stand standoffish to a label. If it means that the person that needs to hear my music can hear my music. Yeah. And I, I think, be, yeah, go yeah. ahead. I, well, I was going to say, and I think to piggyback off of that, it's like, you know, you, in the, in the area in which you're in, you know, where you're, you're kind of cultivating this long thread of, of, of content, you know, even if you have to, you know, scale it back to get it into the hands of a label that can extend your reach. I mean, essentially monetarily, we could say it's almost like a stopgap. It's like, you know, I have to pull back now, but in five years, you know, after we've, you know, taken this from a thousand listeners to 50,000 listeners, at that point, I can go to anybody and say, well, okay, you know what we've done. You've seen our growth. This is what I want. Yeah. And this is what I can do for you. And then at that point, and I, and I think that's kind of what a lot of artists have been able to do. Um, you know, but again, it's all about, just like you said, your reach, how you can get it to people and the kind of control that you want as an artist. So, um, yeah. You know, I, I think that that's kind of an, an interesting thing. And I think that, you know, e- even the way the music industry is now, you know, predicated on your social media reach and your streams, it still kind of harkens back to those, you know, old bands in the 60s and the 70s where it was, you know, like, well, how, how can you make me money? You know, right. which was like the thing. It, it wasn't really about your, you know, unless you were the Beatles, so, you know, it wasn't about your art. It was just about how can we make money and how can you make domino records some money? Right. So it's like, right. And it's still here and it's still there today, but you know, in in a different kind of construct, it's kind of, you know, kind of tumbling differently. So I I think the parallels. And and I will, and I will say like, you know, this this is all said with the caveat of sink in has 
the story of signing the terrible record deal and regretting it. And it basically nearly ruining our careers. I think mm-hmm. we have that it's been yeah. done, but we also, when we signed that deal, we had absolutely zero leverage. It's mm-hmm. just a reality. And you know, we were the same band as every other band that, that went and went, Whoa, we put out one song and like a label's going to sign us. Yeah, man, we're going to be huge. <laughs> like, I've done that. You know, I, I, I get it. I get it. And that, and that was, you know, not to, not to, throw any shade or anything like that but uh you guys had worked with standby right was that who it was anybody can do a google search and know the entire story of that yeah so uh we'll 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 spare that story because I've, <laughs> I've 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 heard a little bit about it but um so what i do want to talk about since we only have a, a couple of minutes left is i want to talk a little bit of puck so um so tell me uh just for, for my own knowledge, um, you being out in, in LA, um, like are like, where, where do your allegiances lie? Like, are you, you know, are you a Kings fan now? Or are you like, nah, fuck that. So (laughs) I literally moved to California the day after the caps won the title. Oh shit. So I got to ride off into the sunset as a caps fan due to my, my allegiance to the Hershey bears. Uh-huh. Like, I mean, it doesn't get better than that. I literally, I celebrated. We were in the studio in Arizona. I celebrated by myself, jumping up and down, running through the studio, moved to California and went, that was a good run. Not something <laughs> new. And now I get to go through the dread of being a Kings fan in a, uh-huh. uh, in a full-blown rebuild era. Um, but yeah, so it, the, I was a Caps fan for a long time. And that just sure. stemmed from, uh, from uh, living in Hershey. From Bears, yeah. I mean, I literally, I literally lived like a hundred yards away from the giant center and Hershey, wow. Hershey Park. Awesome. So that was my entire childhood. So now, hold on. Yeah. So like, you don't usually see that too often with like that AHL NHL parallel. Mm-hmm. Like Hershey gives me the vibes of like those people that go to those games are AHL hockey fans. They are for sure. I would, I would dare say that 20% of that arena doesn't even know that they're affiliated with the caps, but that's okay. We'll yeah so slide. like to, to hear that you actually like yes you grew up like really close to to where hershey plays but then like took it to the next level and we're like oh i'm gonna now also root for like the big club like yeah. that's kind of rare and, and i think you would I think, think that i did it would that make- I think I did that because I, I always paralleled the AHL grind and the ECHL grind to like the DIY music scene. I think oh, that's yeah. why I loved it so much. Uh, Cause yeah, it was one thing to be a, to be an NHL fan, but like I wanted to know my band before they got signed. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, I wanted to know, I wanted to know that third line center who's finally getting a shot in game 58. <laughs> like I've been watching him for two years, man. <laughs> I love that, man. And I, I love like, man, the, the Hershey bears guys were my neighbors. Like, you know, there's a couple guys who, who, who are on those guaranteed contracts who, who clear waivers and are making a couple million a year. But the reality is it's a lot of 19 year old, 20 year old, 21 year old kids who are all shacked up in a little like apartment with a couple other buddies on the team. And like, they're just your daily neighbors. Like I would just like, I would go to the grocery store and I would see Garrett Mitchell and Travis Boyd and the, the Chris Bork and Ryan Bork, the Bork brothers, like they would just be there just, you know, at the grocery store. There was something about that that was like, ah, oh, like I get to see this before it happens. And I, I really, I really cling to that a lot. Yeah. And like Hershey is 
like one of those like AHL pinnacles where they 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 sell really well. Like yeah, they're always top like five in attendance. Yep. But then, there's ten thousand. There's ten thousand people a night at the Giant Center. It's crazy. Yeah, wow. it is. It's absolutely crazy. But then also, when you look at the AHL scoring leaders, like usually the top ten or top twenty, you'll see a bunch of Hershey Bears mixed into that, and mm-hmm. they always had like those veterans who weren't necessarily NHL caliber, but like crushed it in the AHL. So like you, you mentioned Chris Bork, but then like, it was like, I remember one year it was Chris Bork and Keith, a coin like mm-hmm. he, they, yes. and, and they crushed it. Yeah. And, and then we got actually Keith, a coin on the Islanders. Cause Tom and I are Islander fans and, everyone, and everyone was just like, who like this is who's going to be on our team. And I like follow the AHL and I was like, you know what? He, he might put up like 15 points based on his resume in the AHL. Right. And he, he just wasn't big enough and he was starting to get old, but that's kind of like the vibe I get from the Hershey bears. Yeah. They always, uh, the bears always had their, always had their kids, always always had the prospects, but they would always sign a year or two year deal with a guy who was on his way down from the NHL? Who wasn't quite done yet? So you know, the in the last years before I moved, we got uh, we got Scotty Gomez for like mm. forty games, and that was one of the coolest things <laughs> ever. Seeing like forty year old Scotty Gomez. Uh, the funny thing was, you know, he was a uh, the he had the uh, the grandfathered uh, visor rule in the NHL. That doesn't that doesn't impact AHL playing. So they made him wear a visor for the. So <laughs> he showed up for his first day with the Bears. And his visor is here. I mean, it's like, it's like a baseball cap. Just, I mean, there's this is, I mean, I swear to you, it's above his eyebrows. It's above his eyebrows looking like a little, just like the, in, like the white men can't jump hat on ice. <laughs> yeah. It was ridiculous. I, that, I loved it so much. Yeah. I, I have a great Scotty Gumas story and I've told it on the pod already, but he's a beaut. Like, yeah, everything you're saying sounds exactly like him. He's a he's a great dude. The other thing I will say about AHL, I'm going to make a big sweeping statement about the AHL right now. It's probably going to make people who don't know the AHL really mad, but that's okay. <laughs> I would say that, and and for NHL teams, their AHL affiliate first line is always better than their fourth line than the NHL fourth line. And I would say that it's probably a 50, 50 toss up between AHL first lines and NHL third lines. I would say that the amount of people who get buried in the AHL just because of roster situations in, in the parent team is, I think if you, I think if you took the all-star team from the AHL every single season, they're making the playoffs in the NHL. I truly do believe that. I, th- I think that there's, there's more talent lost in the AHL due to circumstance instead of reality uh, than people realize. And it's something special to see every single night. I totally agree. Like, I, I, I live in Charlotte, so I go to Charlotte Checker games all the time. And it's mm-hmm. not like when I'm watching those games, I don't feel like I'm watching a lesser caliber game at all. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and sometimes it feels like the game is actually moving faster at times because th- those top lines are filled with some younger guys that are, aren't necessarily at their prime yet, but they just are like throwing their bodies around 
course. And, and yeah, and I, I love going to AHL games. I absolutely like if if you don't go to AHL games and you live in a market that has a team that's close by, like give them a chance because it is a it's, it's quality game. It's twenty bucks to sit in first row. Yeah, I mean, like. Seriously, I my so my pastime for Hershey Bears was I was not a ticket holder. What I would do is I would go to the ticket holder entrance door at the Giant Center every single night. And because the tickets are so cheap, families buy five season tickets at a time and oftentimes don't have all five people there. And I would just sit there at the door and people would be walking in and be like, hey, I'll give you 10 bucks for the extra ticket that I know you have. And it would work every time. What are they going to do? Not take the $10. They're going to walk in by themselves. They're going to take $10 from this punk kid who's sitting there at the door. And I'm going to go watch an AHL hockey game for 10 bucks. Love it. I did it every night. When the band was in town, we'd go, we'd go like all four of us and be like, Hey, we got $50. We're going to take four tickets and it would work. We were just right there at the door. What are they, they're going to say no and walk in and not take 10 bucks. We just paid for their, we paid for their soda. Yeah. Every I, time. I love those hacks. I love when, like, because it makes complete sense. And it's happened to me in Charlotte. So Charlotte used to play where the Charlotte Hornets play. Like the Charlotte Checkers, their first couple of seasons coming back, played in an NBA arena. So like, yeah, what, 18,000, maybe 20,000 arena. And we were going to go and buy tickets. And we walked just like, by where they were selling tickets and some guy just handed us tickets and he was just like hey you guys are going to go to the game like here just have these and that kind of stuff happens so you know i get that hack out to the world so you know maybe even you can catch a game on the cheap or free oh yeah man so uh oh no go go ahead man i I didn't mean to to cut you off i was i was gonna say or just offer to to sing the national anthem uh, every few weeks, but then <laughs> there you go. not actually commit to it, and then you just get the uh, the free program tickets that happened a few times too. But we won't talk about that because I want to be able to go to see a Hershey Bears game again in my life. There you go, dude. Awesome. <laughs> so, wait, did that happen? Like, did you ever sing the anthem? Yeah. There? No. Oh yeah. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> no. I I uh you just you just like apply for it and then you just do like a vague explanation of who you are and then they give you free tickets for uh for like supporting the team. <laughs> oh, that, <man. laughs> that was it. <laughs> Unbelievable. But yeah, man, I I love the AHL. I would man, if you're if you're in a market I, you're messing up, man. It's so much fun to see those, to see those guys. Like my pride and joy for the NHL season has been, was watching Travis Boyd with the Maple Leafs this year. Cause I mean, like that, that guy worked a long, long time in order to get that, that opportunity and took advantage of it. You know, he's now, he's now up in Canada and like dudes making, making millions to go and play some hockey. Like you can't beat that for the dude that was just in an apartment with his family down the street who was going to the same grocery store I was. I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And I love that you made that like connection because it is so true. Like watching an AHL game is like when I went and saw Fallout Boy in 2003 at the downtown on Long Island. Like that's something that I'm going to put on like my tombstone. Like I saw this band before they were playing arenas. Like I saw them when they were grinding it out and sleeping in a van still. Like I take pride in that. And 
that's kind of maybe why I'm an AHL fan as well. Like that same kind of mentality is just kind of like that underdog kind of mentality is built in me, I guess. That's how, dude, hang on. That's how I want to end any influence that I have on this podcast. (laughs) If you're in the DIY music scene, be AHL, be NHL. Don't join the man. Go against the grain. (laughs) AHL is punk rock. Be punk rock. (laughs) I mean, like, I feel like we just, I feel like the interview just has to end right now. I mean, that was like, that was like, (laughs) that was the way to, 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 to end us off. Um, so listen, Ty, uh, you know, we, we got to get you back on, man, just cause it was, it was a, a blast to, to have you and chat with you, man. Uh, sink in doing big things coming up in, in 2021, 2022, uh, Hershey bears represent my dog is barking. I don't know why she's being such a jerk and I have to find that out, but, um, Dude, thank you so much for, for taking the time to be with us. Um, thank you so much for taking the time to give us some insight into what you're up to. And uh, I, listen, man, after the Kings rebuild, hopefully you got a little something. But if not, you know, you always got, got them bears because they're going to be a, a force to be reckoned with in the AHL for like ever. So you're never going to have to worry about that, man. Not at all. That's for sure. That is Hell for yeah, sure. Buddy. We'll, we'll talk right. after We'll talk after draft day with the Kings. Let's do that. Sounds good. <laughs> cut and print it man ty thank you so much you have a great rest of your night okay bud thank you buddy thank you guys so much yeah Adios. Adios. back that was ty from sink in and we appreciate the time that he took to chat with us uh like like i said uh you know earlier when we started the episode sink in is a really unique band and they've got some really cool things you know coming up in the future for them so make sure that you hang on tight and keep your eyes on them because uh i think they got some 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 cool plans coming uh but as we alluded to in the intro and as you heard in the um you know, in the interview, a huge Hershey Bears fan and his Bears fandom has traveled with him. Uh, but um, there's super cool stories about just, um, you know, how accessible those games are and how inexpensive it is to get in there. And I mean, it kind of like lends itself to when, you know, the couple of uh, Sound Tigers games that we went to. It's nice, you know, to know that you can get to a hockey game and see some some prospects and see some kids that are coming up and not have to, you know, pay a tremendous amount. I think uh, Ty said, what is it? 25 bucks, like to get on the glass, you know? Oh, so, yeah. I mean, it's like, I think that's a cool thing. I, you know, I, I wish more hockey fans patronize the AHL, um, you know, if not only to, you know, have a good night and a good time and enjoy some hockey, but to, you know, learn a little bit about some of the prospects that are coming up, especially, you know, 
when you look at the Islanders, I mean, it's just a hop, skip and a jump away to Bridgeport. I know some other teams, you've got a long way to go to get to your AHL affiliate, but you know, kind of cool to do. Yeah. And you know, the Islanders got a pretty sweet situation where, like you mentioned, yes, you could take the ferry, but also, you know, people that live in Nassau County mm-hmm. or even Westchester who are yeah. Islander fans, it's easy to get to Bridgeport, Connecticut. Oh yeah, there. absolutely. And, and, you know, since Connecticut doesn't have an NHL team now, the state of Connecticut's kind of split and divided all over the place mm-hmm. where there are like diehard Hartford Whalers, Whalers fans. Yeah, sure. That like, can't root for another NHL team. Like it, it's like <laughs> it hurts them. So they've become like diehard Bridgeport Sound Tigers fans or like when they had the Connecticut whale, like diehard Connecticut whale fans. Yeah. Like, yeah. It, it is uh it's a cool, like minor league system. And I, I, I would like really argue that it's one of the best minor league systems in all of sports where mm-hmm. the success rate, is very high oh yeah like if you compared the percentages of like the d league in basketball mm-hmm. to the percentages of ahl players who make yeah. it that to that next level mm-hmm. i'm sure the ahl just crushes the d league and and think about baseball how many different minor league levels there are yeah yeah that's the thing so it, it's tough in any other sport and what is there for football I don't think there is anything for football. I mean, like, I think it's just like they how just you, big roster. it's just, it's just, well, it's just college, you know, it's just like how you played in college, um, you know, and, and that's the other thing that's kind of interesting about, you know, the NHL and even, and even baseball, you know, basketball, not so much and football, definitely not, but you know, baseball and hockey, like you can, you don't necessarily have to get drafted out of college, you know, I mean, like, for football and basketball, like that's like the epicenter of where it happens. It's like, Oh, you played, you know, three years of quarterback at LSU. Like you're, you know, you're going to go number one, you know, kind of, that's the whole deal. Whereas with baseball and hockey and hockey, especially, of course, I mean, you know, you can play in these junior leagues and never, you know, touch the collegiate level and, you know, still get drafted, you know, as a number one pick, because in reality, you don't need that stop, you know, like, college football and and basketball are just like so huge. It's almost like the big leagues require you to go through, you know, whereas you don't really need to do that in hockey and and to a degree baseball as well. But uh, I don't know of any football minor league like at all. So, uh, and it's kind of cool, you know, because I I like, you know, the way baseball works, I think it's, it's kind of like a a more developed system. You know, you start at single a, you go to double a triple a and you make it to the MLB, you know, but like there are a lot of guys who just like linger in single a and double a and like never make it to the next level because there's just so much talent coming through. Whereas with hockey, you know, there's a ton of talent, but the way they kind of meander through, you know, like you could play in the juniors. And if you're in a prestigious juniors league, you know, you just kind of, you know, scouts just start looking at you with the, you know, the the hype of the way you've been playing since you're a five-year-old, you know? So I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. You know, I I love the AHL. I think it's super cool. And, uh, you know, I'm I'm excited to see how the AHL, you know, continues to grow and how they continue to operate post pandemic uh, just because, you know, it's a great thing to have. Yeah. And the affordability, the ease of access, the, the grit 
because they're they're really just trying to, to develop their game and, and oh, yeah. sometimes like either fight their way on the NHL roster or just like mm-hmm. develop that kind of uh, like system type type of player mm-hmm. where Agreed. it's not always the goal scorers from the AHL that make it into the NHL. Yep. It's, it's the player that really masters their craft and realizes the role player that they are. And then that's those are the players that make it onto the team. Like, think about it. When when Matt Martin was grinding it out on the Bridgeport Sound Tigers for seasons, like he played on the Sound Tigers for a few yeah. years. Oh, yeah. Like, did anyone really think that he was going to be the guy that would eventually make it onto the NHL roster and have like a legit NHL career? Hell no. No. But and I think the kinds of guys that make it. And I think realistically, Matt Martin made it when he married Sidney Esiason. So, I mean, like, you know, if he, if he didn't ever touch a hockey stick again, he's, you know, he's a made man regardless, you know, but, you know, love you, Matt Martin. Thanks for, thanks for being a part of all this. Glad you came. <laughs> so um, do us a favor. Um, first of all, we appreciate you tuning in and listening. Um, you know, we are super excited uh, for the episodes that we have to come. And we're super pumped to be a part of the Hockey Podcast Network, as we always tell you. So go ahead and uh, check out the Hockey Podcast Network and uh, go listen to some of the other content creators because there's a bunch of awesome stuff out there. Uh, makes us look like a bunch of dweebs. And we're okay with that because, you know, we never tried to tell you that we weren't dweebs. So and that's your fault if you thought anything else. Uh, and more importantly, um, Mikey painstakingly uh, took a look at some of our Spotify playlists and cleaned them up and made them look all nice for you. So make sure that if you get an opportunity, go throw on one of those playlists because uh, there's a ton of great music. Um, I know we're featuring uh, a track from our homies and out of it right right now. That's correct. Yep. Yeah. Dunked so on. go go check out Dunked On, man, because that track is dope. Um, you know, it, it's it's really kind of astounding when I look at this playlist and I look at all of the different bands that we've had the opportunity to chat with and just kind of see their body of work. But the coolest thing about this playlist being a living playlist is, um, you know, I, I, and I got to give all props to Mikey for this, but, you know, as the playlist evolves and as some of the bands on it that we've interviewed, put out new music, we're going to try to get that on there. So you can listen to some of the newest stuff that these bands are putting out. Cause a lot of these guys have uh, some cool shit coming out. So we want to make sure that you hear it. And uh, we want to make sure that you get to enjoy it just like we did. So pop on that playlist, go give it a listen again. If you haven't done it in a while, you know, do it again. You know, that's, that's my request is just go listen to some good music, man. Cause that's what this is all about. And um, you know where to find us. So I'm not going to bore you with all that. Uh, so, you know, catch us on the next one. Cause you know, the next one's going to be great. And then the next one and then the next one and the next one, so on and so forth. So um, anything else you want to add, Mikey? No, I think you you covered it. Um, yeah, I'm super excited for our next interview, and, and I, I I think that everyone that tunes in is gonna love the the cool perspective that our our next guest has. So definitely, uh, make sure you subscribe to our uh, Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, because uh, it's a cool cool interview. I, I'm gonna uh, just put it out there. Sweet. Yeah. Tom, I mean, Tom doesn't really even know of the backstory either. And I'm going to keep it a surprise from him. 
Okay. Well, that's fine, man. You could try to surprise me if you want, but you know, all things come out eventually, but hi guys. Thank you so much for listening. We love you. Um, what else do I have to say? It's April. Today's April 23rd. You know, I, I, I had a diet Coke today. It was delicious. That's all, you know, just be you be real. Drink diet Coke and enjoy your life. Don't drink diet Coke. It's bad for you. Yeah. Drink it's bad water for you. out of a bar down breakdown water bottle, but I they do, don't exist I, anymore. No. Yeah. I still have mine though. And I love mine and I drink water out of all the time. Uh, this is this is just going going crazy right now. So, uh, signing off. Love you guys. Bar down breakdown. Tie sink in. Go listen to the homies. Drive. Great track. Cool music video. That's all you need to know. All right, Tom. It's been real. Peace be with you. And also with you.
Are you ready to go? Heads up.